This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Come on, you Brentford, indeed. Welcome to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by B Sotted. I'm joined by Billy the B Grant, Katie B Graham, and Dave Laney Lane. Lots, of course, to talk about today, not least a fantastic result in a fantastic West London derby. It's gorgeous, it was. It was a thing, <laughs> thing of beauty, thing of West London beauty. Apparently, West London is ours. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But I mean, Saturday, listen, you know, when you get a derby, it's always a bit nerve wracking, um, especially as uh, our, our games with QPR have normally been quite good. We normally get a decent result out of them and then it all went a bit horribly wrong uh, a bit earlier this season, didn't it? You know? Yeah, we were winning at half time and uh, they, they, they scored three goals in like next to no time early in the second half pegged it back to 3-2 so it seemed quite close but we weren't we weren't really happy with them having the, the you know the the, the pe- you know the the, the bragging, the, the bragging rights. rights in so it was just really good to convincingly grab them back exercise and, some demons yeah and you, if you look at you look at the stats and you look look back at the chances that we created it, it could have been seven or eight it really could and that's not that's not putting bravado on it they it could have been eight one probably you know if, easily if, because we we carved them apart in the second half and, and fair play you listen to Steve McLaren and he and he, and he talks about how how it was almost like a, a victory that they got to half time at nil nil <laughs> he, he didn't once credit us for it you know for playing great football, um, so yeah, it's just uh, still that frustration that, uh, that away from home we look a very different team to what we do at home. But yeah, second in the form table in terms of home form. Yeah, dis- right. distant bottom in terms of away form. Twentieth. Yeah. Oh, not not bottom. Twentieth. No, yeah, down, yeah, down yeah. in the mix. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, go- yeah. we're going for bottom. Going yeah. for bottom. Shooting for the sky. Hopefully, by the end of the season, we'll be bottom. You know. <laughs> Actually, no, that's no, not no. true. You know. well, well, but it's what I'm thinking. Like we've got two toughies. We've got Middlesbrough away Saturday. That's a big game. We've got Sheffield United away Tuesday. Sheffield currently in action, by the way. Sheffield United against Sheffield Wednesday in nice, the derby. Nicely teed up. There, you see that? That's <laughs> right. So, the, blunts, the blunts, the blunts, the blunts versus the uh, the owls there yeah. as well. You <laughs> know. Blunt blades. I blunt blades. Yeah. Right, that's right. We was up there. I oh, sorry, I was up there last Tuesday, and uh, even though they were sort of semi excited about Brentford, actually they weren't excited about Brentford at all. 
all they all were talking about was this game. Well, it's, it's for them. This is this is well, it's El Clasico, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. you can have a Spanish-style term used in a in grim northern city, no, it's almost as big so as. What, Brent- so what we're saying was yeah. that you know things can't get any worse away from home. So we've got these. We've got Middlesbrough on Saturday, and then Sheffield United Tuesday. So we're thinking. If it can't get any worse, what can it do? It so can get you, better. Which, so. Okay. So going into that with that poor away form, is the expectation that there won't be any points forthcoming? Or could this really, really big result in a sort of feel-good game as well, given the atmosphere around the fixture, could that spur you on to greater things we, even away from home? We have seen it before. We, yeah. we, we've had some really brilliant home wins, big wins, and we think, right, we're going to go away. Not in the forest. We thought we're going to go there and we, we'll do we've it. We've got this didn't happen and then same at Chef, uh, same at Swansea I mean, I mean for me I'm just thinking and I hear what you're saying we're, we're now at the stage because we don't expect anything when we go away from home we're actually not a bad side we are a good side for whatever reason I mean there's a recent um, another uh, I think it was an EFL podcast or it might be one of uh, the rival stations podcasts where Sam Saunders was on there and they're trying to get him to explain why our Brentford, Sam Saunders, one of bees, you know, le- well, you know, legends. big, yeah, legends, uh, um, especially for the females. The females love Sam Saunders, <laughs> didn't they? The ladies. Yeah, that's right, the, the ladies, ladies, you know. Um, but Sam Saunders was on this uh, this podcast and he ex- they tried to get him to explain why our waveforms were so bad. And he said that he, he doesn't know, but he said maybe it's because we've got, you know, our average age is about 20, it's under 25, I think it's about 24. And he said, because we've got such young players in our side, and we don't necessarily, maybe we don't know when we go out to away games how to play the game out, maybe how to slow it down, how to do particular type of things when the teams are coming at you. It's different when you're at home because you're in command. You know, so at Griffin Park is like a fortress. But when we go, go away from home, these teams come at us in a particular way and we don't necessarily know how to deal with it. I mean, we're talking about Sheffield Wednesday, the Owls here. And, uh, you know, again, we, we, we look at uh, a lot on, on form guide, a lot on, on, on XG. Um, you know, you've got to look at these things and, you know, take it, not say with a pinch of salt, but you look at it and you see how it kind of works for you. Sheffield Wednesday on the XG um, stats tables are not doing very well at all. Is XG something that you as Brentford fans take seriously? Because it's something that massively divides football fans, right? Some people look at it and go, well, these potential goals and chances generated and all of this, that really, in a sort of Guardiola-style way, is the thing that defines how well a team are performing. There are others who go, well, I'm not really interested in potential. Did the ball hit the back of the net? For you, is XG something that you really live by? Tell you something, you can look at... For me, I mean, for a start, I'm I'm quite a sort of geeky person. Originally, I was a computer pro program and stuff so I love getting information in feeding it in and then getting it out now you could take that information and do what you want with it but I'm thinking the more information that you got in the more that you can actually make decisions uh, on things whether or not you want to take that information or not it's better to have it than to not have it so for me starting to understand this and seeing it I think it's very very interesting and the thing about it is that with this whole XG thing whether or not you hate it or you know, love it or hate it it is very simple it's just down to basically you know how good your chances are. And the fact is, if you get really good chances and put them in the back of the net, if you get really good chances, the chances are that you will put them in the back of the net. And that that is kind of what it's all about. You know, doesn't necessarily mean that if you haven't got chance, good chances, you won't put them in the back of the net. Do you, do you understand see, what see, I'm saying? See, my, my version of the XG, XG formula is it's a nine-month season, which is pretty much the same thing. It's kind of like, if you're good enough, it's going to show in the final on the final day of the season 
you know, you, you can, you, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because like a lot of a lot of the time, we are we're saying we're a lot better than our league position is is showing. But the which league, in terms of squad and which, by the way, know, but, expectation for this season, but our, you definitely but our, are. our league position it doesn't really matter until the final day of the season. No. So so what I'm saying is right, we, we'll carry on doing what we do, and we, as long as you're doing the right things and you you're confident that you know justice will be seen at the end of the day, <laughs> and and I think it will. I think we. We we will be in the top ten because that's what our XG suggests. And 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 just interesting what you say that because because again, um, yeah, we're football fans and that, we we hundred percent know that if you score goals, you put them to the back of the net. You know, it doesn't really matter if you you play Rotherham and they and and they're deemed as being a terrible team. If they score two or three goals against you and beat you, that's it at the end of the story. But we thought actually because we're sitting down there and we're, we're sort of getting more into this to try and understand it a bit, and then we just thought, tell you what, let's see if we could just monitor this over a few weeks to see how this goes because we've seen these XG tables where you know you you know we're in we were in sort of 18th position, but the XG table said that we should have been in seventh. You right. know, right? And at the same time, Derby were in fifth position, and the XG table said they should have been in seventeenth. So we said, "Tell you, let's have a look at it." So in our podcast on Wednesday, uh, which we're recording on Wednesday, it's going out on Thursday. Pride of West dot London. We've got our man XG Dave as well. <laughs> XG Dave, <laughs> XG, what a name! XG Dave is the man, and he's going to be sitting down there. We're just going to be talking about this and talk about this a little bit more because when we put an article out about four weeks, five weeks ago, a lot of people wrote into us and said. We want to understand more. We want to just talk about this and discuss it. We said, tell you something, let's look at it over four or five weeks and then we can compare where it is from week one and how it goes over the weeks and how certain teams have done, like Brentford, like Derby, like, you know, Aston Villa and a few of those others. So it's going to be on Pride of West London on Thursday morning, 7 o'clock. Wonderful. Just on XG, Dave. Is Dave the surname in that situation? How, how does that work? <laughs> it can be. Yeah, it can it's, be. It's, it's kind Whatever of a fluid situation. Like. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we decide. <laughs> Moving quickly back to the QPR game. Fantastic result. Many people would say that's more impressive because QPR had lost six on the bounce. Then the week before they played you, they got that really big turnaround in Fortunes beating Leeds. So a really, really impressive result for Brentford there. And coming up, we'll be hearing about what fans of both QPR and Brentford made of the performance after the match. This is Love Sport. Welcome back to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Now here at Love Sport, and particularly here on the Love Sport Fan Shows, we are of course about the fans. We're about the fans in the studio, we're about the fans in the stadium, and we're also about the fans in the pub, aren't we? So what, what's going on here? Now this happens every week. We basically get the microphone out after the game, straight after the game. People are passionate about what has happened on the game, so we stick a microphone in people's faces. Home fans and away fans, you know, it's quite difficult if you've lost the game as well, when you're coming up to you saying what do you think of that but people are telling you exactly what they thought so what we do is every week we hear exactly what the fans had to say after the game in the pub let's hear it now it was a very very tight game the first half in particular very touchy very edgy the referee didn't really get too much involved but the real class showed through in that second half three good goals penalty absolutely no question about that and Canos with the absolute icing on the cake at the end we, we own the West London at the moment absolutely fantastic performance by the Bees tough first half each team finding each other out but at the end of the day QPR just simply could not put up with what our skills and offerings we definitely own West London tonight no to be honest it was a very easy win when, uh, when the football reached the pitch one team was playing football and one team was hoofing it and the team that played the football won 3-0 at a canter. Well, today was a bit more of a cagey game. They pressed really hard first half. 
and, and, and we, I thought defensively we were excellent today. Held, held ourselves. We counted when we could. And second half, we came to our own. The only disappointment I have to say, and I'm very, very disappointed, Bibwell wasn't on his ass today, and it's very, very disappointing, Bill. That second goal, Malpe letting, crossing the ball for Benrahma to score, was a thing of joy. Rangers didn't really have much to offer. Uh, it was a typical derby in the first half. Second half, we showed our real class. Brentford were a cut above QPR's. QPR today. Let's go on. Let's build on from this. Let's uh, ruin a few more seasons as the season comes to a close for us. Uh, we got the penalty after that. It was all us. Uh, I think uh, Benley had one save to make. Uh, we didn't, we never, never really looked in doubt. And uh, we just uh, tore them apart in the end. Well-deserved win by us. Really good performance. It was a scrappy game, and I think the win played its part in that too. Um, I think you kind of get that perspective from the side of the pitch, which you know I know you guys are behind the goal. But I really thought it played quite a lot at the game today. And I was actually thinking, uh, um, you know, in the, in the last 10 minutes of the first half, just getting at half-time at nil-nil. And I, I'm pretty sure in the second half, we'll be better with the win behind us because um, give us the opportunity to play forwards. There's a lot of not average size in this league. And when we play to our best, we, um, we're a step ahead of those sides. You know, Makocho today works his balls off. And you need that to give Sawyers the freedom to be able to play his game. Um, so you get a proper balance in midfield. When you're only playing two players in midfield, central midfield, one of them's got to work their balls off. And that's what Makotre gives you. And we saw that again today. He wasn't perfect, but, but you know what? He ran, he, you know, he, he, he ran all day, Makotre. Um, he had a great game. Flat in the first half. It's always going to be the first goal wins. And uh, we fell to pieces, second half. Job done. First goal wins. We sat back after that, and we, you dominated, job done. We, we ain't got the players for it. And he brought Smith on too late. Like, like, even for corners of three kicks, Bentley was winning all the corners of three kicks, punching them out. Should have brought Smith on earlier. He might have been a difference, but, yeah, we're not good enough. We ain't good enough. I don't mind this season. Like, we've done you at our gaff. You've done us here. I don't mind today. Yeah, today's all right. I don't mind. No, I think, I think what it come down to was... The first half was just two teams, well, us kicking lumps out of you, trying to break the play up, and then second half, got a penalty, not sure if it... To me, it looked like a home team penalty, and that, that killed the game. I mean, it, it didn't kill the game for us, because it just took us to a, to a, to a next level. It just, it, it just went a beat today, so we tried, but it was like we was playing, but... We, we, we were playing for a nil-nil from the outset, as far as I'm concerned today. I don't think he'll take this up. I think he's he, he steady in the ship. He's it, just um, a lot better than Holloway, because Holloway, he was the right man, but the wrong plan. McLaren's got a bit of savvy about him. He knows what's what. He brought Wells in, he brought Hemmett in, he brought Rangel in, he brought Cameron in, and it sorts out. And then, but recently, we're, we're trying, but it's just not... It's just not working. Did you see them cry? I did. Uh, when uh, when he when he had an open goal, and instead of shooting it into the open goal, he thought, "Do you know what? I could score now, but I'll cut it back for Ben Rama." Give it to my mate. 
First half, I thought I actually got Raymond had a good job. I thought the midfield was good. I thought Freeman is clearly a really good player, and he he, he almost single-handedly, single-handedly got stuck into our main men, and he, he put them off. But as soon as the first goal went in, it was um, it's all over. It? it was all over. It really was. Clearly, QPR were battling really hard. Like nil-nil would have been a good result for them, and naturally, anything draw away, it's a good result. But the penalty was given like 48 minutes, and. We scored it. We scored a penalty. It's a different game. We, we, it's three 0 Their keeper, I thought, had a really good game. I thought he scored. He, he, he made two really great saves in the second half. Like the floodgates open at one 0 And keep it on. And I, I don't say this for anything other than just facts. Like organised sides, not particularly good defensively. All right in the midfield, but they got literally nothing up front. This game, Brentford QPR at Griffin Park. Is the game that most QPR fans secretly dread, and today you you see why. You know they know that they're not a match on us anymore. They they beat us at their place. Bragg, bragging rights was theirs for a short period of time, but we we take it five three on aggregate this season. So West London is technically ours again um, because we showed them again. But Brentford, Brentford are the pride of West London. Well, that's proper football, isn't it? Forget about this punditry in a studio rubbish. Drunk people in a pub chanting <laughs> Neil Morpay's name. That's what it's about. I love the idea, by the way, of winning your home and away fixture against a team on aggregate mm. over the season. <laughs> well, that's how it works. Man. I mean, yeah. The thing is, that that's, that's what people true. don't realise. Well, you, well. you can only use that if you've lost one of the games. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah. isn't it? it helps you. And then you win yeah. the second course, one by more yeah. goals. I wouldn't have mentioned it if it, it was going to hurt us. <laughs> Focus. He was thinking about it. <laughs> Focus on more pay there. Not just the penalty, which despite Lumley getting a hand to it, still went in. Great pen. Also, that assist for Ben Rama, who himself was very, very lively. He's been fantastic recently. So, Morpé goes round the keeper. He is wide of the goal, but the goal is gaping. And despite being a top striker, 20 goals in the league, in the hunt for the golden boot, he squares it for his mate. Now, selfless or bottle job? Uh, just a very, very shrewd decision, I think, in, the, in a split second. I, I think he was slightly too wide to be 100% sure of, 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 you know, of converting it. Um, so he, he chose the right thing to do. And I, and I think that to, 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 to execute that, to, to get the crossover to him and then for Ben Rama to twist and get it in the back of the net, it, 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 it was the right thing to do, I think. I mean, personally, I think, uh, I, and I saw him when he, when he took the keeper out and I thought, brilliantly taking the keeper out. If he'd scored the goal, I think he would have done very well because it was a bit, he'd run down, it was a little bit tight. And I think for him, he's had another opportunities where he's done the hard work and then, and then, and then it's been difficult for him. And I just think he thought, actually, tell you something, it's QPR. We need to just put them to bed now. And it's a great ball. Yeah, it's a brilliant well. ball. It's beautiful. Well, given know? that there's two defenders as well, like coming back towards him, coming back to make that intercept, it was a, a, a definitely good, clear pass. And it wasn't the only time in the game he did that for Bedrama, because there was another where, again, he was twisting and turning and it got blocked. But Morpé, again, being very, very selfless in the box. And I guess that's reflected in the seven assists so far this season in the league. Oh, he's he's the assist king. I mean, you know, if they talk about it, he's one of the highest people who have actually contributed to goals 
in the whole of the football league, the amount that he's scored and also the assists that he's had. He's, uh, I mean, the, the, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago as to whether or not, you know, you hate to sort of kind of jump straight in to say whether or not one player is better than the next. The next. But with, with Ben Rama when he came in, obviously Hotter, and we'll talk about that, is he was a player that was really loved by Brentford. He, he left us, went somewhere else, and you thought, I think you were never going to replace him. Ben Rama, when he came in, we thought he looked quite interesting, looked quite <laughs> clever, you know. And but Cle- Brentford also, very interestingly, what they did is that they didn't put him in um, feet first. They sort of kind of put him in, put him on the bench. He kind of tried it a little bit there. And what's happened is that because we've had problems when we've had players who have come from Europe before, thrown them straight in the deep end, and they struggled. Even last, last season, Malpe, even though he scored fourteen goals, he you know he got he got dogs abuse. Big time from, yeah. from from our fans and also from from other fans because he missed a lot of chances. Didn't it's he? usually the second season where the imports start to to come to fruition. You know, come to fruition. We Lassie Vibe in his first season, he, he was okay, but he, it was the second season where he he became prolific or more prolific. More pay last year. We had people questioning whether he was fit to wear the shirt. This year, we're talking of twenty million quid yeah, for you're him. You're praying that you he'll know, keep the shirt so, on. So Ben Rama is kind of is a year ahead of the curve in in terms of the other signings that we've made but we spent probably more on him than we had we had done on his predecessors so we probably had more of a, a finished or more a more mature player or a, a player further down their their development curve so yeah I think Ben Rama's really really stood out for us this year because he's done it in a quarter of a season rather than taking a whole season to find his feet and it does also feel like he hasn't really reached his potential, right? There's more to come from Ben Rama. That feels really clear and yeah. it's super, super exciting. I think something was, else was really interesting. Billy, you spoke to um, Ben Rama early on in the season in one of our podcasts, or it may not have been used in the podcast, but you spoke to him in the forecourt and you said it, you had a really good game and he really wasn't happy with his game. Yeah. He, 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 you, you know, you, you remember that. Yeah, you? that's right. I mean, I thought that, you know, again, maybe it's like, you know, we get we get excited by the potential and we see the potential and we see some players who are who are very good and, and can cause some problems, you know, so we get excited by that. Whereas, you know, it seemed to me that he's obviously some sort of a perfectionist where he knows how good he can be. Um, as we said, you know, we've spoken to people who say on the training pitch, you know, he's so good, everybody wants to be on the same team as him because he's like a proper little trickster, like, you know. And I thought he had a, a pretty good game that game and I said to him you know Ben Rama you know you had a good game and he was just like no you know it wasn't a good game for me um, because he missed quite a few, you know he missed a few chances but you know we let that off because we think there's a development period here you've only been at the club for you know f- what three months at the time so we're, we're cool with that because we can see what's coming but as far as he's concerned he was just like no I want to deliver straight away. So I think that there's this, there's a real drive there, which I think is good for Brentford um, in a sort of strange way, even though he's been playing really well. Um, we've got Malpay's played really well. We've got some, you know, some players who've played really well and scored goals. The problem that we've got is because our away form has been so terrible and we also had Dean Smith leaving and we've had, you know, a number of things that have happened which has not let us be in as high in the league positions we've got. We've got these some of these players who are playing really well but we haven't got the league position that we really do deserve because all we needed was six more points, baby, and we'd be right in there. So now we're going to have the problem at the end of the season that these players will be playing really well and then we may have issues with them whether or not they're going to be here or not next season, whereas beforehand the players would be playing sort of all right, but you wouldn't have a problem with it at the end of the season because no one would want to buy them. And we've got obviously like... Canos is is sort of coming, you know. He, he's really, really performing well at the moment. 
Marcondes, who was a surprise inclusion, he came on the bench. He's been out injured for a while. Um, we we hadn't seen him featured in any of the B games. He comes straight back into you know the, the A team subs bench, and he and he came on second half. I, I thought you know we were a bit sur- a surprised that he was included at all, and b that he was he was one of the first substitutions that was made. So he must be very fit. Um, which is, you know, again, I think he, he's come back slightly earlier than expected. So yeah. we've got a lot of attack-minded players to kind of shoehorn into this team. So the, the subs bench is getting stronger because that's something the last couple of weeks, we, it was B-team heavy. And it looked like without that, without the A-team, we were going to struggle. We weren't, we weren't strong enough to get, you know, to, to get through to the end of the season if we had injuries. Now it looks like one or two are going to come back. So... Um, yeah, it was, it was great to see Mark Condes. He had a he got a great reception. And I thought the yeah. crowds really sort of did. Second half was you know it got it got quite quite good. And it gives Brentford that added little bit of versatility as well. More attacking options, perhaps important if it does happen in the summer, as Billy you were suggesting that play, teams could come in for players mm. such as Morpé. Concern for Morpé staying at the club. Also concern about a certain challenge on him at the weekend, and we'll, we'll be touching on that in just a moment. Love Sport, 558 AM. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. It was, of course, a fantastic result for Brentford. 3-0 against QPR in the West London derby. But there was a slight mar on the Brentford performance, not because of anything anyone from Brentford did, but what actually the actions of a former Brentford man, that challenge from Bidwell on Neil Malpay. Talk us through it. Well, Afternoon could have been could have been over inside one second for both of them because um, you, we, there's a clip on Besotted um, on the Besotted Twitter at Besotted at Besotted um, where you see the kickoff. Jake Bidwell standing inside the centre circle, and as Morpay makes the move towards goal, he literally he literally moves his whole body towards him. And shoves his elbow in his face, and this is like after one second, the goal, the the referee's watching it. Morpay's gone down, clearly in agony, and the referee's give, blown for a, a foul, not booked Vidwell. Because if and you're not blowing there, that's a red card, isn't it? I mean, as the referee, referees yeah, have a hard it's a, it's job. A, it's a foul, and it's an elbow to his face. And it was right in front of the referee. It was right there in was front of him. No but it, but he, even it being in front of him, if he misses it, that's obviously poor refereeing, but it mm. does happen. At the point where you're blowing for the foul, yeah. and you've seen a raised arm, surely as a referee, your only option I, there is to show red. I just can't see it any other way than it's a clear elbow to a face. In, you know, it doesn't matter if it's first second, twenty first minute, second half. You know, it was in a, it was a, a violent challenge, and yeah. um, and, maybe, and maybe he just you know it's Keith Stroud who you know um, a lot of Brentford fans well they hate him basically as as a referee, <laughs> and I think a lot of football fans hate him as a referee, and maybe he as a person who always tries to kind of. Uh, was it upset games but trying to sort of kind of put his mark on games absolutely bottled it because he just Maybe thought oh my is. god I've got to send somebody off in the very first minute of a match which in a way it probably would have been the world record and he would have been in the record <laughs> books forever but he decided against that because you know he thought this is going to really upset the game yeah potentially also with, within that making a rod for his own back in terms of then subsequent decisions we've seen it in the Premier League mm. a few times this season where there have been suggestions that because a ref got something wrong they then try and balance it up in the second half of the other 
other team. It gets very complicated. I'm, I'm really sort of not comfortable with this trial by Twitter, which we seem to be moving into an era where like every single challenge and every single decision is slow mode, and you know it's it's, it's almost like you know it's it's tr- it's it's a kangaroo court of of Twitter, and I, and I, and I think that ultimately is it's going to hurt the game. But sometimes you do see things that are just so bad, you know, that, it, it, so, you know, I was, I'm surprised retrospective action has not been taken. Because we, because ironically, we, Neil Morpé was, he, he stamped on an Aston Villa player up at um, Villa Park earlier in the season. The referee gave a foul and he got, he retrospectively got three game banned for it. So, you know, shoe on the other foot, you know, if, if it was Morpé that had done that, then... The whole world and his dog would be would have been crying, you know. But again, yeah. I, th- I think again, it depends on the uh, it depends on the outcry. The Malpay did that on Sky TV. It was live on television, and all the commentators, everyone was talking about it. And I think that's part of the reason why he got the retrospective ban. This has happened; it's been picked up, yes, on Twitter, and a few people have talked about it. But again, it's because it's not been shouted out loud. And I suppose Brentford didn't grasp as well, no. you know. So, uh, grass. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, isn't that isn't that isn't that sort of terrible for the game that you know you can get one decision just because the sky cameras are there but in another game they're not there and it's you don't get the same justice so you don't get the rules aren't applied in the same way it shouldn't matter it, it just it shouldn't matter maybe i'm naive i don't know i think though that after that um Malpe got more protection from the ref than he often does mm. we often see in games and we often talk about games in which niggly little fouls put on Malpe. He doesn't get the protection. Everyone's like, oh, he's going down. He's being dramatic. And actually, I thought for the rest of that game, he got quite a lot of protection well, from the Well, yeah, luckily, you know, he got up and he didn't have his eye, eye socket shattered because well, that, 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 that's that what helped. could have happened. And Bid, Bidwell did go on him, did go on in him, did go in on him. That's easy for yeah. me to say. Um, uh, later on in the game, it was another late one where yeah. he almost did a 360 because he was taken out by his neck. So as Brentford fans, it's, it's clear to see from what you're saying and from your faces that particularly you, Dave, you're outraged at, uh, at this challenge or certainly not yeah. pleased about it. No, I just don't think, I don't, yeah, I'm, you know, we won 3-0, so well, this cares, This is the but, point I was going to come yeah. on to. So the absence of the red card is obviously a sticking point for you having won the game. If the result had gone differently, if you'd drawn, let alone had you lost the game, would there be an even greater level of a feeling of somehow being wrong? Yeah, probably, because I'd be clutching at straws saying, like, <laughs> you know, if this... We would have won on aggregate. If buts and the other words, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, again, maybe I'm being a bit slightly hypocritical, you know, say this trial by Twitter, then, you know, that's, this is, this is my evidence, is it's on Twitter. So, you know, but I, again, you look at it, he's literally... Elbowed in thrown, the head. Thrown an elbow. The Brentford defence as well put in a very good performance. QPR are quite an impressive side coming forward. Luke Freeman is one of the best attacking talents in the league. He's also very annoying. He's also very <laughs> annoying. That's as maybe. But we've seen some Brentford defensive talents like Esri Konza really come into their own recently. Who do you think was most responsible for being able to keep the likes of Freeman on a leash at the weekend? Well, I thought Freeman first half. I thought he, yeah, he he really did keep us busy. I think he was the the, the player of of Queens Park Rangers in that first period. Um, I think we we spoke about this in the pub beforehand. Production um, meeting. Sorry, production meeting. <laughs> um, that uh, you know, 
it, what is Brentford's defence stronger all of a sudden? And I thought, actually, well, we all, I think we all agreed that yeah. QPR were just that bad that um, mm. most defences probably would have coped with them. Um, but say, you know, um, he was da- coming down da- that da- Dan Bentley, he, he, he had a couple of good punches. He, he seemed yep. strong. He seemed to be... Bossing his area, of his yeah. area which we need been. to mention because Bantley has had some some terrible games and he's had some real fluffs and he's been slagged off by Brentford fans because slagged off or he's been criticised by Brentford fans because he's he's cost us a lot of points. He's probably cost us about twelve points this season. So it's only fair when and somebody has a good game to say put tip your hat to them and say he had a good game and he commanded his area. He he, he controlled his defence really well. Um, as you talked about Freeman, Freeman was coming down the, the down the left hand side, so it's the right hand side, so which, which was Dalsgaard and uh, who's on the right hand side as well. Dals well Dalsgaard was Dalsgaard's right wing side and. You know, to be fair, Delsgaard had a he had a pretty he had a pretty good game as well. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I thought he did have a good game. Yeah. He, so yeah. just before we missed an opportunity where there was some pinball in the box with Ben Rama, and Delsgaard made an amazing pass up to Sawyer's, like from the back, like through to midfield. Really, really beautiful pass just mm. before then. And the other thing that um, may not have come over in those clips was the the weather in the first half. I think the players did really did struggle with the wind, yeah. um, and it really did help us the second half. So we, we got we got the measure of the game by that stage. So and all these factors can be involved. Coming up on the Brentford Fan Show, we're going to touch on the weirder side of those factors. We're also going to touch on the livelier side of Griffin Park, including a visit, in a sense, from some Serbians. Five five eight a.m. Love sport. Now, there's been a lot made about the new Lionel Road Stadium. Of course, the introduction of a new home for any club is big news, right from the pitch down to. The multicoloured seats. What's going on? Well, I had a little wander around uh, the grounds. I was I got there particularly early on Saturday because there was an early was it a production meeting then, or was it just met in the park? <laughs> it, it was a pre-production, pre-production meeting. meeting. Um, so yeah, so I thought what I'll do is I'll walk around the stadium and see how that's getting on because we've had the Brentford drone. I don't know if you've seen Brentford drone. It's a it's a, it's it's a it's a brilliant. Seen it around Gatwick recently. No, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may, you may have done there. So um, so yeah, the north stand, which is the the third, the fourth of the there's three already almost constructed, um, the shells up, and the fourth one, the north stand, was the last one to go. So I had a quick look at that, um, but there is there's a slight hoo ha about one or two issues. So we've had some lounge names changed recently to reflect the heritage of the club okay. better. So that that was a, a you know a significant victory for the independent fans groups, um, and. Th- What's remaining, really, of of the kind of standout issues is is the coloured seats, which might sound petty, but really isn't. So, so what colour are they going to so be? So, what colour would you think they would be? I would think they would be either red or white. Yes. So would so would anyone with an ounce of uh, beedum in them? Beedum. Sorry, beedum. Yeah, you say right. intelligence. I say you say beedum. <laughs> I say beedum. Yeah. Um, beedum. So that's not what current is currently. Are they yellow or something? No, they're, mul- they're multicoloured. Which which colours? With it, are we talking full well, Joseph? Yellow is technicolor. So Bill, so, yeah, so I was. I mean, I was at a consultancy meeting. Um, not not that there's a there's a new set that's happening, but I was I was at the original set of consultancy meetings with the fans. And to be fair to the club, they've been they've asked the fans to come in and they put their input in to say how they want the stadium to be. Because the one thing that we don't want it to be is to lose its vibe, to lose its you know, to lose all these things. You know, the the things uh, that are what Brentford's all yeah. about. So Ooh. we're just saying, okay, let's get the fans in. So we're actually putting their input in and one of the things that they did um they put up a a really quite you know it's quite impressive actually kind of uh 
uh, you know, computerized um, film of what the new stadium would look like, and it was almost like a drone actually was flying was it, was in. It, and, was it a PowerPoint? Uh, no, 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 no. It was, it was more. It was like a. It was like a. It was like a movie. So it was like a sort of. It was like a. You know, it's like a movie that had been made on a on, on the computer, and it's like a drone had filmed it. So you're flying in, and you flew around the stadium, saw what it's like. And, VR. You know, you looked at the back of it, you know, and 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 you saw it like it's like it's got this glass screen. So it's like it's not like Rotherham, which has got sort of like corrugated iron at the back. It's got this glass. So you could actually see out the bay for oh that's quite interesting that's quite different then it came and all of a sudden like we saw the seats and you know and i said to the, the you know some of the people that were, that were sort of running and i said to them, that's okay it's cool you know so um <laughs> so i said so like, when, you, when are you going to finish the when are you going to finish the video like you know because uh you know the seats and i you know, just this is obviously a generic thing you know that you must have taken from somebody else and they've just put it in there and then no 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 that's the that's the color of the seats and i went no no, no you can't that, that ain't gonna run they said, "What?" He said, I mean, that's, "That that looks like Bradford City because to me the seats look sort of yellow and purple." If I remember yeah, right, yeah, and then you're indefinite Bradford you know, territory. Or it might apparently they might have been brown. You know, and they said to me, "Oh no, well, there's a reason for that." So all of a sudden they, they wheeled some other character in, and he came in and he started to explain the reason why the seats were that colour. And he said, "Well, it's you know when we were on television, you know, if the stadium isn't full, if the seats are like this, it, it looks like the stadium's still you know oh, got people no. in it." Mm. Now, exactly. to to me, the, the 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 issue, and I'm saying to you, listen, it, there's all reasons for this, and I do it's understand. It's cynical, isn't it? You know, you can get out, you know, and I'm, we're talking from more from from a fan's you know perspective. You know, first of all, you know, what we're saying is that, OK, we understand you're taking your your, your reasons from different people from different areas and you're, you're throwing it into the pot. But also you do have to remember that this is Bradford and we are red and white. And all of a sudden this kind of, you know, we're moving into a new stadium that a lot of fans don't really want to move to. But we realise that we have to move to. So you need to make it feel as comfortable and homely as we as we want it to be. And it needs to be a process of compromise, doesn't it? Between clubs and fans, between that kind of commercialisation of modern football, which though we may not like it is a fact. But it should be possible, shouldn't it, to make it viable for TV and also make it viable for the people who actually come and watch every week. Yeah, we, we were slightly disappointed with the confidence about how, how they're going to fill the stadium. I mean, it shouldn't. If, if if anyone's confident about you know moving to a new stadium and it being pretty full, which it should be, then the colour of the seats, there'd be people yeah. sitting on them. It, it, we won't well, be worried I'm, about I'm it. I'm going to have to ask, rather than just for outrage, for an explanation. We've had a tweet into the show from Chris White saying at Besotted at Love Sport Radio. Can someone please explain what the thinking is behind? the multicoloured seats well, what's the thinking not funny. It's not is for there us any to, well, well we've just explained that apparently the, the, reason, the reason why is because when it goes onto TV it, it, looks, it looks it looks like it's not as apparently. empty apparently. Yeah, apparently and again I've, I've never I've not seen this but somebody else said to me that they, they do this at other clubs and it has been done before and they do understand it and like I said to you okay we do understand that no, from point of, no, no no so, no no I understand I didn't say we agree I just said we understand <laughs> where their thinking comes from for it however there's yeah. a couple of things here like we said to you it's it's um, we we are we are moving into a stadium which is yes it's bigger than our stadium at the moment but it's not that much bigger it's five thousand fans bigger than it is so you've got more away fans that are going to come in than beforehand as well we're not moving into a twenty two seat or twenty five thousand seat or thirty thousand seat stadium we've made it smaller so it's compact so we can get you know we can get our mates in there we can make it really busy and really lively so so the 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 the, the focus should be on filling the stadium. And making sure that it's a vibe, and it's also it's the right type of place to go to, rather than worrying that the seats aren't full. That's just but, in my. I, I, uh, my I just don't. Opinion. I don't think we need. I don't think we should kind of understand the rationale behind it. I think we. I think as fans, we ought to say we don't agree with it. 
and um, we'll we'll try if at all possible. Well, we'll support anyone that wants to, uh, to to push to get the decision changed because I think it, I think it's I think it's slightly embarrassing if I'm honest with you, and I think it's it's a it's a decision that's been made by people that just don't understand what fans think, and I think it's. I think we've become a slight laughing stock. And the answer think, is not sorry. the answer is not like disguise the fact that you can't sell tickets or that you aren't selling <laughs> tickets. The answer is sell the tickets. Make sure that your marketing strategy is good enough or to sell tickets. Or improve the atmosphere by well, getting people wanting to we, go there by having the seats and, they want to sit awesome, on. And we're awesome. So and we should, we, and to be honest, we shouldn't be talking about things like this. About that, we should be we should be genuinely excited, not kind of a cringing yeah. about some of these decisions that you know it it, it shouldn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's not a fundamental decision about the the coloured seats, but it's it's part of our identity. No, and, absolutely. And, you, know. yeah. you you were saying there that you feel that this decision has been taken by people who don't understand how fans feel. Do you think that's the case or could it be that it's being taken by people who actually fundamentally do understand how fans think and feel but perhaps don't care? I wouldn't say they don't care. No, no. I mean, I, I don't think so. So, will we see them go back on this particular suggestion? We, then we, we can't. We can't speak for the. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not. You know, we, it's, again, it's not for us to decide. You know, there, there's there, there are. You know, but there's there's other independent fans groups. There's bias. There's Bees United. Um, there's the um, the, the new um, uh, West End West End Alliance. Alliance. These these are all people that are involved, and, and there's obviously lots of fan groups that are the consultation fans. groups yeah. that, are, that are involved. It's we we all support this, but you know it's not something we we've got any kind of input into. You know we we we're we're fans along with lots of other. We're not we our, our relationship with with the club is good, but we, you know it's not it's not for us to. To, to, to make a decision on this I, I think what I think what's happened is you know when you're building a stadium there's lots of different people and lots of different elements involved in the, the building side of it not talking about on the fan side of it in the building side of it and 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 what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to little be a little bit devil's advocate here. I'm not saying it's right at all. I'm not. I'm not but listen, I'm, t- I'm not saying it's right at all. You get people that will come in and they'll get a piece of paper or they'll hear from something and they'll say, this is what we need to do to make this because this is what Man United do, this is what Chelsea do, this is what Arsenal do. Which, yes, I do understand. We don't necessarily agree with that, but we think that this needs to be arrested because people need to look at what the fans feel. And at the end of the day is that... We're Brentford, we're red and white, we're moving to a new stadium, it's just down the road, it's, it's small, our stadium, you know, it's our stadium. Yeah. and um, they, they, they need to realise that, that this factor is probably much more important than they thought it was, and I think yeah. that maybe what's happened is that they didn't think it's yeah, an issue. and, and, and we, we, maybe we'll move on to this one as well, because I said we had, we had a really good victory, it was, you know, the, it was the Griffin Park grapevine, there was Besotted, there was... Bees United and bias. We got together with the historians. We we did the club did listen to us and they made significant concessions and they and they they took on board our concerns and they you know they were concerned that the heritage would might be lost. So that was a that was a really good victory and a, and a really good exercise in how to engage with the club. Maybe this is the, maybe the next thing we need to look at is the seats. And the, and the, there was this little bit of just a little lo- a little last um, ch- chat on this as well. There was a little bit of a fear because obviously we're sharing with um, London Irish, which is the the, the rugby club. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was thrown into the hat at the time was, are you making these seats neutral because right. we've got a rugby club coming in? So because sport. they play in green, I think, and we play do, in red yeah. and white. So you know they don't want to do it. So if you make it neutral, it makes everybody happy. Now I don't know what the answer 
closer to that is? The answer is to make them change the kit to red and white. <laughs> Simple. Simple. Well, TC on Brentford has been untouched via Twitter. I'm going to let him have the final word. He says the seats have to be red and white as they're in Griffin Park. We've had, of course, other championship action going on tonight. The Sheffield derby finished 0-0. That leaves Wednesday two points above Brentford. Sheffield United missed the chance to overtake Leeds on goal difference. They would have gone into the automatic promotion places. Coming up, we've got to talk about Serbia. Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. I'm joined by the wonderful people from the Besotted Podcast. And one of them, Laney, I believe you've had a dream. Yeah, I, I, I had a bit too much cheese last night before I went to sleep. And um, it brought on a bit of a dream. And I woke up and I, and I was scratching my head and I thought, I had a, it's a bit of a premonition about tomorrow's B-team game against Malmo. So for those that don't know, Brentford are playing Malmo at Griffin Park, the B-team. Um, 7.45 kickoff, free, free? F- free to get in. Mm-hmm. And in the dream, Lasse Vibe was playing for the Brentford B-teams because he was, he was spotted in the crowd on, on, uh, back at Griffin Park. He's been released from his contract. Um, he's a free agent and... I'm thinking, oh, so obviously this is all got whirling rounds with the cheese in my head, and um, and uh, I just I had a vision of him appearing for the B team, and then he was on the subs bench at Middlesbrough on Saturday, and he scores, he comes on, and scores the winning goal. Is he someone you'd like to see back at Griffin Park? Well. Good question, actually. Um, obviously, we were delighted to see him at Griffin, back at Griffin Park. He's a really lovely bloke. I mean, one of the uh, one of the scenes from a, one, of, one of the few uh, couple of seasons back is when uh, last game of the season when Lasse Vibe had scored. He ended up scoring. You know, he had a poor start to the season, but then he just took off after Christmas. He ended up scoring about fourteen or fifteen or maybe sixteen goals that season. And he came on the pitch. He loved being at Brentford. Then he got his kids on onto the pitch at, um, at the end of the match. And then uh, he got them and they were sort of kicking a ball into the back of the net. And then he came around and sort of kind of said hello to his uh, you know, to the crowd. And I think that was a scene where it was just kind of like family. You know, we're in here together. Apparently he just moved up the road to Ealing. Him and his family loved it up there. I don't know if this is gospel, if this is the truth, but I'm just guessing this. I believe the fact that he He's kind of back over here. I believe that he probably didn't move his family out to China, but they probably stayed here while he did this China thing. And then they probably thought, let's see how it goes. But, they, you know, so now that's the reason why he's come back. That's why he's at Brentford, because they obviously probably just live up the road. And I'm thinking that, and my also thoughts are, I'm not being funny, but he's, he ain't going to go to China for like, you know, if he's on whatever he's on at Brentford, I don't know what he's on on. But if he's, you know, he's not going to go to China for 12 grand a year or 13 grand a year he's going to be on 30 or 40 or 50 you mean a week yeah. sorry a week sorry not a year, <laughs> sorry, a week, a year. I wouldn't go to China for 12 <laughs> yeah. grand a year yeah for a 20 he's going to be 20, 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever it is in a week he's going to be at least on a two year deal that deal is going to be chopped see you later so he's going to have a big pile of money that he's going to have had of doing this China deal he could, in principle, come back to Brentford and play for nothing if he loved the club so much. So there's, there's no ill feeling about a player saying, listen, I've had a great time in the footballing sense, but actually there's time now for me to think about my family, the financial side of things. No no one's objecting to that. It depends on how they do it and who it is. And he did it in the manners way, didn't he, Lenny? Yeah, he did. He did. Vibe has always been a, a classy player. He's put his all in for the club, worked hard. We can all see that. And it... It was really clear that this was the moment where he was going to get a money move. It was probably going to be his last money move. And I think we all sort of respected that. Yeah. And if it's not worked out and we're thinking we are a bit light for strikers, you know, we've yeah. only got Marcus Force, really. Um, you know, Lassie Vibe being on the bench for one or two games to the end of the season. Till he would he's not say Get no. him in the shop window. 
get get his name out there, get him another move, get him back to, uh, back Denmark, to or, Denmark or Sweden. <laughs> no, so um, stranger things have happened, Mr. Grant. Indeed, stranger things have happened. And talking of strange, <laughs> yes, there's some some something Serbian, something something hallucin hallucinogenic that someone had written. Yeah, that's right. Is there cheese involved? Yeah, there's, there's tell you something. There's probably some cheese. Involved. I mean, the thing is that the one thing that we do. We do actually find it's quite good. We've got a lot of uh, chums from all around Europe, as we know. Um, a lot of people come. I mean, everyone talks about this football tourism thing, you know. But I think there's a difference in football tourism when these people come from, you know, all over Europe and fly over to go and see Arsenal and Chelsea and, and, and well, Fulham. No, and uh, Arsenal and Chelsea and, and teams like that as opposed to when they fly over and they come and see Brentford. And we do get a lot. People will know that. Brentford fans who are listening now, we've got a ridiculously um, lo- a large amount of fans that fly over to, um, to, to, to England from um, all over Europe because they love watching Brentford. And what they do is that they go, they'll see other teams, but they say, you know, we love your terraces, we love your pubs, we love the community, we love the fact that everyone's really friendly. And before you know it, you know, you've seen them three, four, five, six times. They've come over in big groups. You've got the Dutch bees, the, the Norwegian bees, the Swedish bees, all sorts of different conditions. And now German the bees. Serbian bees. Well, this is, I'm saying this, the Serbian, I mean, this one was, this one actually was, was sent to me by my, my, my brother-in-law Zoran, who sent me this article the other day. He's Serbian. And he, um, he, he just said to me, Billy, you know, the Serbians, are, they're, they're, they're coming in as well. And I was thinking, this is so different because we've had everyone else from Europe, but we have not had the Serbians in. So this is an article about Brentford written in a Serbian newspaper. That's right. It's called Bilic. It's like the, it's probably like the Serbian equivalent of maybe something like the Daily Mail. So it's like a big, you know, Serbian national daily. It came out in like uh, in paper form, but also this is the, there's a version which is online. If you go to besotted.com, you look on there. There's an article on the besotted.com, and also if you go to the besotted Facebook page as well, an article on there which is being getting loads and loads of different comments from people and it's a it's 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 a very warm article and uh, if you read it it talks about you know obviously their little journey into Brentford and 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 how they kind of enjoyed their visit to Brentford and the match it was actually the Blackburn game a few weeks ago so it wasn't that too long ago and it talks about you know you know just the the journey how it's uh, it, you know it's crazy for itself how they took the violet piccadilly from a subway line from the centre of London to 11 kilometres <laughs> suburb of Brentford. Well, this is the thing, right? This is an article that doesn't stand up that well to Google Translate, it has to be said. But even with that... I think it's actually, genius. It's genius. Well, well, this is the thing. What gets produced is actually some lovely bits of prose. The description of Griffin Park is actually really nice. Nearly imperceptible in the block of houses, Griffin Park, a beautiful English playground, well, okay, was built in 1904, initially with a stand-up stand that now stands <laughs> at 12,763 viewers or a sit-down stand on multicoloured seats if current news is to be believed. Also, the description of the club's shop is amazing. A club store, a small wooden house. (laughs) Freshly reddened with bright red is full of people and children. It's lovely. Always good for a club store, that, isn't it? Good for (laughs) business, having um, people in. And there's a a pub on the corner is full, drunk on the streets from big mugs. The visiting (laughs) fans are going through their jerseys, a little get-together and galling, and a song about their club. There is no barren torch, no fear. Parents lead children, 
elderly people walk slowly towards Gribbon <laughs> Park, their local temple of football. Uh, their <laughs> local temple of football. But this is the thing is that you can actually, because I think they're sort of kind of also describing it, you know, because if you've been to Serbia, I've been, like I said, my brother-in-law, he's, he's asked me a million times to go to Serbia. He says to me, you know, I will take you to the local derby in Belgrade. You know, I know everybody there will sort you out. He said, it's brilliant. And they, they really love their football. They uh, and, and also you can see this whole idea of having a temple of football is the business. It's interesting as well. I mean, one of the phrases where that they said is that, you know, before entering the forum, several refreshment shops, virgins, snacks, beers and juices, <laughs> all cheap for London terms, waiting in line patiently. Cheap for London? Well, <laughs> without pushing. We've we got to be careful. Where else can you that? pick up a virgin for a game? <laughs> a virgin for bargain prices. What a way to end our first show. Uh, the guys from Besotted, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Coming up for Brentford next it is, of course, that rather tricky fixture against Middlesbrough. Mm. Quickly, how's it going to go? We, in principle, we shouldn't win because we don't win away from home at all. And they've got a brilliant defence, which means that we'll win 4-0 as far as I'm concerned. And we've got Serbian supporters. That's what we like <laughs> to hear. Lots to come on the Brentford Fan Show. Please do join us next week. Prideofwest.london is out on Thursday, 7 o'clock in the morning. You'll check the podcast out. We'll have loads of borough business going on there. Don't miss it. See you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.